This is the prophetic angle with Pastor Rick. Is the end here? Is this the end time? You know, people get all bent out of shape over words. And words are important. Um, sometimes a word can be used in more than one way. And sometimes that can be confusing. I think the key is the context. So I'm going to give you some context for the phraseology and the concept of the end time. In order to do that, we need to go to the Bible. You know, today, with all the turmoil and tumult that's happening round about us, you'll hear prophetic teachers and preachers, including myself, use terminology like the end time or the last days. But sometimes you'll hear other prophets say, no, 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 this is not the end. Um, a lot of it has to do with a person's perception and teaching and belief system on eschatology. So eschatology is the doctrine of last things. In fact, if you look in the Bible, you can look at certain words in the Greek and begin to get a repertoire of connotations about the end time. The doctrine of last things or eschatology comes from a Greek word that is translated last. And you can find in the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy in particular, 2 Timothy chapter 3, but understand this, that in the last days, Paul says to Timothy, there will come times of difficulty. Now, that word last comes from a Greek word, eschatos, eschatos, which means last in time or in place or extreme, last in a series of places. But the word I'm using primarily is end. So these are words that are associated with the end or end time. I remember back in the late 70s, I helped establish a church in Bryan, Texas. And as we, the charter members of that church, were in a business meeting one day, we were trying to determine what should be the name of our church. And in the latter 70s now, remember, this is decades ago, but because of the happenings in society then and because of the teaching we were sitting under, we were really cognitive about the doctrine of last things. And so I suggested, I believe I was inspired of the Spirit and everybody accepted it. I believe it was unanimous. Let's call our church End Time. Now, the rest of it, was Evangelistic Pentecostal Church. So the end time Evangelistic Pentecostal Church still exists in Bryan, Texas under the pastorship of Bishop Melvin Charles Williams. And uh, it's a thriving church. 
and has been solid and strong from the very beginning. But we called it end time. Now, decades have gone by and Jesus has not come yet. The Antichrist has not been revealed. And so many people, when they have time go by after having heard the imminence, uh, the doctrine of imminence, you know, Jesus is coming any time now or any time now we're going into the tribulation. People get kind of cynical. They have all kinds of emotional upheavals and then that affects their thinking. And sometimes it's vice versa. And so the question is, are we living in the end time now that we're having a volcanic eruption of corruption and violence and political unrest, racial unrest? Are we living in the end time? May I remind you that Peter's message on the day of Pentecost was in reference to Joel, the prophet Joel from the Old Testament, where he said it will come to pass in the last days that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It shall come to pass in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. This is what Joel said, prophesying about the last days. But it's what Peter recounted when he preached the message almost 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost in response to men and brethren, what mean? What does this mean, these people speaking in tongues? What does this mean? He said, this is that spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the last days. So, technically, theologically, Speaking, the last days began on the day of Pentecost. Now, because of the mysterious features of the church age, when the prophets of the Old Testament looked into the future, when the apostles of the first century prognosticated, they were human beings They did not, the prophets of the Old Testament, understand the mystery of the Gentiles being included in the church. And the apostles of the first century had a hard time with that at first. Peter really had a hard time with it. And then Paul became the apostle to the Gentiles. But even then, they did not have the closed canon of Scripture like you and I have today. So they had to go by the context of the scriptures they had available to them. And remember, they weren't all bound in a nice bound Bible like you have. They, there was a scroll here and a scroll there, and they were big and bulky and cumbersome, and um, they didn't have digital Bible software. They did All these things that we use today and all the teaching that we've had have given us a greater context for virtually everything spiritual and scriptural 
and especially even talking about the end time. So remember, I said that based on Peter's message on Pentecost, the end time began, or the last days began on the day of Pentecost. So basically, the last days include the church age. Now, we know historically the church age has lasted now about 2,000 years. And a lot of times when people go back and they look at biblical genealogy and they compare the years with days or the biblical precept, a thousand years is as a day, a day is as a thousand years, then you can say based on that calculation that there were four days of men's genealogical history prior to the cross. So about 4,000 years. Now there was, many people think more than that, but just taking the genealogies, you've got about 4,000 years since the fall of man. And then 2,000 since then, that's four and two is six. That's the number of men, that's six days. That leaves a millennium called the Sabbath of the Lord, the 7,000-year period or age, the age of peace, the age of the kingdom upon the earth where Jesus rules and reigns from the throne of David in Jerusalem for a 1,000 years with a rod of iron. That is yet to come. And then after that is eternity. So basically time was created for us and if you were to have seven days all together, which is a week, then technically anything after four would be the last of those seven days. So you have five, six, and then seven. Okay, so that's still a long period of time. And when you start talking about the end time or the last days, you have to hear the context of the conversation or the homily in order to respond properly and to have the right perspective. It's very important that you do so. So obviously we believe that there is an end to the end. There's an end to the church age. The church age may be the last days, but there's an end of the last days. There's a last of the last days. And Jesus began to give the chronology of that scenario in his Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13. And as he was giving the chronology of events that would happen one right after the other, he realized that there was some, I'm going to say, possible anxiety or wonderment in the hearts of those that were listening to him there on the Mount of Olives. So he said the end is not yet after he said the things he had listed. Go back and read it. But then he said in Matthew 24, 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations. And then shall the end come. So a requirement for the end of time is the gospel must be preached for a witness to all ethnos, all people groups. 
1999, I had a statistic in my possession that there were 1,900 unreached people groups in the 1040 window across the globe, mostly in the realm of the Muslims, the Hindus, the Buddhists, various other pagan groups in a certain part of the earth. And now 21 years later, from everything I'm hearing, that window has all but closed. So in other words, when that witness has gone to all nations, at some point, then the end will come. Now let me share with you a passage of scripture that I think is very interesting. And uh, it's in the book of uh, Corinthians. Let me find it here for you. In the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, I believe. Have to find it. Okay, because I've got a lot about, here it is, 1 Corinthians 10, 11. Now, these things happen to them, and this is talking about when the children of Israel in the Old Testament, the men had been deceived by the false prophet Balaam and had gone into sexual immorality and idolatry. And as a result, 23,000 people fell in a single day in judgment. And so Paul, referring back to that, said, we must not put Christ to the test. Now remember, this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church, so we're back in the first century now in our conversation today. As some of them did, he said, don't do that, and they were destroyed by serpents. We shouldn't grumble, as some of them did, and they were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Now the word end comes from the Greek word telos, which means final stage. The final stage of the ages are the aeon, which is an era. Uh, so you, you might say, since that was translated in a plural form, ages, that there have been more than one ages. So we're at the end of the ages. Remember, if the last day started on Pentecost, then the last of the ages, uh, there's another age coming next, the millennium, but this church age is next to the last before eternity rolls on. Eternity, self-explanatory, it doesn't have an end. So time has been divided into ages. We're at the end of the ages or the church age. And now we're at the end of the church age. Now, we can further parse this by saying that the 70th week of Daniel found in Daniel chapter 9. And I realize I'm giving you a lot of information here, but if you will go back and watch my videos on the prophetic angle on YouTube. This will help you understand some of these terminologies. I'm trying to give you some scriptural text too so you can read and do some cross-referencing. But Daniel has 
a message from Gabriel, and he includes 70 weeks of years for the Jewish people. The last week seemingly divided into a separate section of its own, and in between that 69th and 70th week is the mystery of the church age, which I am referring to as the last days. So the last of the last days would be that last week in Daniel chapter 9, that last week of years, seven years. We have not entered that seven-year period yet. I believe we're before that seven-year period. On how many years before that seven-year period we are, I don't know. I believe from our side it could change based on what we do this fall, based on what happens in the election. It could change. It could be sooner rather than later. I believe it can be later if the church rises up and does what it's supposed to do especially the American church. I'm telling you, the American church needs to wake up because America is critical. Israel is critical in God's timetable and America is critical in God's timetable. Don't have time to go into all that explanation. But the seven years could start sooner depending upon what we do. Because I believe God wants us to have a revival first. So, let's have one. <laughs> but I can still use that term end because when you only have, even if you had 20 years left or 30 or 40 or 50, you're at the end of the 2,000 year time frame. You're at the very end of it before the millennium. So listen to your preacher when he's using the term end time. Listen to the context so you'll know if he's zeroing in on the last day, 24-hour day, last year, 365-day year or 360-day year, Jewish year, or the seven-year period called Daniel's 70th week or the time just before that. Or if he's just talking about the church age in general, because remember, Peter called it the last days based on Joel's prophecy. I think you can see, though, the signs of the times are saying we're coming to an approaching day. Book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says that we are to assemble and encourage one, or one another more as we see the day approaching. In other words, we're supposed to be looking for a day that is approaching. And I'll tell you, the New Testament writers thought the day was approaching them, then, 2,000 years ago. So you better believe we see the day approaching now because we're much, much closer. They didn't understand how long the church age would last. Obviously, we, we have the context of that now to help us understand it was much longer than they anticipated. But now we can put in context all the different prophecies, especially Jesus' uh, prophecy on the Mount of Olives in the Olivet Discourse. Now let me share with you one last thing before I close out this podcast on the subject of the end time. This is not an exhaustive study of the end time, 
but this should help you understand why people sometimes, uh, for lack of a better word, argue over using the terminology. I'm going to keep using it because I got saved in 1967 because of the end time message. And I think that it creates a certain urgency. Now, I realize that with revival and influencing, impacting the earth, salt and light, all these different messages, that there seems to be in some people's minds a contradiction. So they think it's either or. I'm going to tell you it's both and. It's not either or. It's both. It's both and. You can influence your government, you can influence your community, and still be watching for the coming of the Lord. In fact, if you tell people that Jesus is coming back, that's what, listen, that's what the angel said when he went away, said this same Jesus will come back again. So let me tell you one more, and I could go on for a long time, but I want you to listen to the rest of my podcast, Matthew 28, 19, when the Great Commission was given. Notice what it says. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Remember what I told you earlier, Matthew 4, uh, 24, 14, earlier, Matthew 24, 14, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations. So he says here at, at the onset, go and teach all nations, ethnos, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, Pay attention. I am with you always to the end of the age. Notice what he says there. I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. Now that word end is different from the word I shared with you earlier. That word is suntelia. Suntelia. And that word means consummation or completion. So the completion of the age. So obviously, even though Paul and Peter and James and John uh, were pretty sure that they were getting close to the end then, you know, God allowed for human expression, uh, even in inspiration and I don't have time to develop how that could possibly be, but he allowed for their limitations of understanding, just like he did with Daniel in the Old Testament. And, and we have limitations today, don't get me wrong, but we have a bigger context than any of them had in that we have the closed canon of the Scripture and all the history that's gone on prior to us arriving on the scene. Jesus said, I will be with you to the end of the age. Now, the word age, of course, again, is aeon, um, uh, aeon, aeon. 
And that word means era. So we're talking about the church age. Jesus will be with us. And how, how is that? Because Peter said on the day of Pentecost when the age started that that Holy Spirit that had come, that was Christ in them. Paul writes in Colossians later, the hope of glory. That was what Joel prophesied that all that called upon the name of the Lord would be saved, would have that experience, could, should have that experience, and that Jesus by the Holy Spirit coming would be with them to the end of the age, at which time he would come back in person. Praise God. He said when he went away, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I will come to you. But obviously he was leaving. So what did he mean? As the Spirit of Christ, he would come to them. And he would be with them to the end of the age. So thank God we have the Holy Spirit with us now. And we're looking for this second coming that two angels said would happen. Jesus said would happen. Peter, Paul, James, John said would happen. And I say will happen. And so it's okay to use the words end time. And hopefully when we're talking about that, um, we get into some detail so you can know what the, not just general context is, but what the specific context is. Okay, let's all get ready. Let's get ready. Let's be ready when he comes and let's occupy till he comes. This is Pastor Rick Bowen, The Prophetic Angle. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast today.